We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's the Bart Winkler Show, Monday, the 17th of July. It is Emoji Day. The emoji for a calendar is July 17 that you have, I don't know, in your emojis. Our Bitmoji is still a thing. I was very into that for a long time. I think I was the last one to have ever sent one to someone, and that was earlier this week. And I, th- I think that I've retired from the Bitmoji game. We're going to talk some baseball today. We're going to talk some Shohei Otani, as I am so interested, and I keep bringing this up every time I go on CBS Sports Radio, of which I was Sunday, of which I will be again Friday night in for Zach Gelb, of which I will be on again next Sunday. Friday, you can hear that on 1250 in Milwaukee. Sundays, you can't. I don't quite know why, but Friday night, I'll be in for uh, Gelby. Uh, but I talk Shohei Otani a lot because I do think it's interesting. If if we're thinking Shohei Otani's next team, because I don't think I don't think like the Angels are going to try to prove to the to him that he's a winner, that they can be winners. They haven't won in a single season in the five six years he's been here. What are you going to do over the next two months? Oh well, we traded for uh, Eduardo Escobar and Mike Mustakas. Stay here, please. No, you had Mike Trout and Shohei, and you haven't had a winning season. The Angels haven't had a winning season since Shohei got here. A couple at 80 and 82, but the point remains. Those are not winning seasons. So I don't understand what the Angels think they're going to do. I think if you're the Angels, I'm trying to think. I, I like to think like in the Brewers. If the Brewers had Shohei Otani, right, if for some reason this guy wanted to come here, and it looked like there was no chance we were going to trade him. And we were struggling or re-sign him and we were struggling. You would absolutely want to trade him. You're not only think of the CC Sabathia trade and what that got you. It got you four prospects. Okay. And some of those guys to varying degrees. I know Michael Brantley was a throw in in the deal and then he does fine. And um, Matt Laporta was the key piece and, and he goes nowhere. Short career with Cleveland battled some injuries. But if if you could get a haul of four prospects for CC, the Angels should be thinking as a rental, a known rental. The Angels should be thinking we can get that twice. We can get the four prospects for the pitcher rental, 
and we can get the four prospects for the batter rental. So I ultimately think with this trout injury and the angels having not played well as of late, I believe Shohei gets moved. Now the guy I talked about last week, Mike Asisa, uh, I am going to play a portion of the conversation I had with him on CBS, the Shohei Otani part. I, I think it's very interesting. And as I tell him, there's going to be a lot of these shows, the first takes, the undisputed, well, not undisputed. They can't find a co-host, so that's not coming back to football season. Uh, but all these other shows that may not talk baseball a lot are going to talk baseball because of Shohei Otani. So a little bit later in this episode, after we talk some brewers, I'm going to talk Shohei Otani and what it might take for him, Shohei Otani, to be a Milwaukee Brewer in 2023. That's right. That's right. We, uh, we're we going to do it. We're going to go through some scenarios. I'm going to build a package of what it would cost, and I will leave it to you, the people, to determine if the Brewers should be in on it. Because what's interesting, what I, what I find fascinating, is we think of what's his next team going to be. Well, it's going to be the Dodgers. Or it's going to be the Giants. Or it could be Seattle. Or it could be New York Mets slash Yankees. And it may be that he signs with 10 years, 600 million, whatever. But that doesn't mean that he's not going to be a Baltimore Oriole or a Minnesota twin or a Tampa Bay Ray or a Cleveland guardian or a Milwaukee brewer or a Cincinnati red. I mean, if you're one of these teams, you think you have a good farm system, you know, whatever. Or you might think, are we really going to be here again? Do you go and make an all-in trade for Shohei Otani? I'll at least kick it around and present to you what I feel like it would take to get him as just nothing more than a rental, okay? Nothing more than a rental. The package may be too high. I may be overstating the value of Shohei Otani, but this guy is going to go down as like the greatest guy that's ever played this game. So I don't know that I will be, even for a half season. Even for a half season, even for a rental. We'll talk about that coming up. Uh, I do want to make a, I do want to make a, I guess a retraction. Well, before that, this is not a YouTube video, but do check out some of our YouTube videos. Had a nice week on YouTube. A lot of people checking out the Andy Herman conversation. If you like the audio, but just want to see my face, feel free to do that. And then we really YouTubed it up when Tim Shea and I were doing a podcast, but in the parking lot of American Family Field. All of the YouTube brought to you by Dan Shaney Insurance, danshaney.com. He has given a handful of you guys quotes. Just get a quote. It doesn't hurt to get a quote. I know that he has actually set you guys set some of you guys up with new packages for home, auto, business, you know, and this is great. This is people helping people. This is the Bart Winkler Winkler Universe Winkler Universe you guys call it. This is the WCU, the Winkler Cinematic Universe. It's people helping people. Dan Shaney, a longtime listener. Uh, he, he connects with another guy who's a longtime listener. That guy's got a business. This guy, all of a sudden, Sun and Interactive is building Dan Shaney's new website after they built mine. It's people helping people. And I used to criticize one William Michaels for this, Bill Michaels, who I would love to reconcile with or come to a business friendship with. I would love to reconcile with. When I say something like that, I mean it. But then I remember like, 
And I thought about this because of uh, the Harley thing here this last weekend. All the times that I like shit on Bill, including one day I had nothing to talk about for a segment. So I just did 20 minutes as Bill. And I probably would have gone longer if uh, my boss at the time didn't call my cell phone and tell me to get off the air right now, take a commercial. But I thought of the time that I did 20 minutes as Bill because Bill loves bikes. And on this particular day, I loved bikes. That take was going around yesterday. It only men should be in sports. Women shouldn't even watch it. Just men. Women shouldn't play. Just men. In fact, the world should only be men. Just men. Just men. Men and bikes. And those are... Men and bikes should have intercourse and create more kids. Little bike kids. Little little baby heads with wheels. That's what... That's what... That's what... That's what COVID's fake. That's what kids should be. Eduardo, Ed, Ed, is it Eduardo? Ed, my friend told me it was Eduardo. And there were 20 minutes of that. I don't think that's posted anywhere. It might be on one of the old fan websites. If you want the whole segment, I'll send it to you. I'm certainly not posting it. But one, uh, although I will just like drop in clips for the next year. Uh, one thing that he used to do a lot was he'd be like, man, you know what? I need my yard done. Who out there knows yard work? And I always be like, Bill, this is not the platform to solicit guys. But then I thought to myself, self, yes, it is. It absolutely is. On Friday, see, and I'm soliciting right now. I would like a little bit of assistance. I have some questions. I feel like I inaccurately set up my LLC. And I would like, I would like someone who is an accountant that deals with that kind of stuff to help me. So I was going to tweet it out on Friday. Hey, anybody, blah, 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 blah. And you know, you get a lot of DMs. I want to be, I want to be a listener. I want to be, or a listener's friend. Like, oh my God, my brother does this. Oh my God. I can, you know, that's what I want. So I am looking for a service, but I'm justifying it because I would like to help someone. And I'm not going to be like, oh yeah, do all my work and I'll give you eight shout outs. No, no, fam. I just want to know who to go to. There's a whole Google out there. There's a whole internet. I just want to know who I can use. And that'd be good. I will pay you 100% of the initial fee. Just don't actually overcharge me. I'll pay you. I'll pay you all the money. No bar, no discount. No discount. I don't need one. If you want to go to OmahaSteaks.com and type Bart in the search bar and order that package after we do business, that's totally fine. But I, I just I need someone to help me figure out some LLC questions for tax time, and I need someone to uh, help me get a will set up. So I'm 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 putting I'm doing it I'm doing it I'm doing the thing. I'm straight up doing the thing. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. We will cover the Brewers Red Series here momentarily. I do want to go over some voicemails before that. Voicemails thanks to our friends at Carl's Place, Carl of ET.com. Carl of ET.com backslash Bart is where you can check out the golf simulators and the other accoutrements that come with getting a golf simulator. More videos to come. I promise. I went out there with Toby to take some videos. I have not made the videos yet. I've been very busy. Watching uh, Luke Cage Season 2, Iron Fist Season 2, which is much better than Iron Fist Season 1. And now Daredevil Season 3. Here's Hot Take Jake. Good morning, Bart. Hot Take Jake here. Let me talk to you. Ah, L.A. Knight. Man, loving Friday's podcast. You and Tim in the parking lot at Miller Park getting approached by randos freaking out about the school bus because of, uh, I don't know if Tim has like a restraining order or something. I'm not going to get into that, but anyways, it was just great to hear from him again, getting Tim Allen on the horn. And I have to comment, uh, you're talking about the Mount Rushmore again of 1250 AM, the fan. And I got a little bit of a bone to pick with you, Bart, and it's two things. And they're both in regards to your self-esteem, my friend. Number one, you are on the Mount Rushmore of 1250 program and it's not because oh it's who's the longest tenure who's had the most airtime that shit don't matter to me it's the quality of programming there so it's got to be you sparky gary and rami to me that's the undisputed unquestioned mount rushmore of 1250 a.m and my other point about your self-esteem is that buddy i care about you i consider you a friend you gotta let chuck freeman go man He's just not that into you. It's, I know you want him back. You love him. It's like, you know, when you're a kid, the, the person you lose your virginity to, that's like the, the one that you just can't, you can't shake it. You know, you think about what could have been, but. Not always. It's just, it's, it's a one-way relationship, my friend. You got to let that shit go. 
And to be honest, you're better off without him. So that's my relationship advice for the day. Love you, pal. Can't wait for the Brewers game. I wish it was the Bucks game, Packers game, anything but the Brewers game. But you can bet your ass I'll be there. Uh, I didn't know there's coming. Uh, okay, a couple of things to that. One, Freems is my, die, my ride or die. I'm not giving up Freems. Won't quit him. Won't do it. He will be on this show. Two, the Brewer game that we've talked about wanting to go to, Wednesday, August 23rd. Right now, what it's going to be is I'm going to go, and I'm going to go with Tim, Shay. And we're going to get tickets for ourselves. And we are going to then tell you where the tickets are. And then we will get there early and tailgate. That's what it is right now. I'm not going to buy tickets. I'm probably not going to have a section reserved. I will look into that. But uh, I will be at the end. This is, this is going to be the most unofficial gathering of men and potentially women and others uh, that that we've ever done. So I'm going to the game. Tim Shea, I believe, is going to the game. You guys are welcome to go to the game. I'm doing it. It's August 23rd. I'm going to the game that day. And I will buy my ticket. And that's it. I possibly will give out, if you want, if you like, if you're like, I'm not... I'm not buying a ticket. I have a bunch of like kids crew brewers vouchers and I just got some brewers vouchers. I went to take five and I tweeted about them, the oil change place, because they are the most friendly place ever. And I, it really is great. And it's not just like, oh, they gave me a bottle of water. They're super friendly. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I should probably change my own oil and I shouldn't be spending that much money on an oil change. But they're friendly. And I just wanted to make that point known. Hashtag not an ad. But the guy then gave me two Brewer vouchers. He said, what are these for? He goes, oh, I thought that's why you were here. If you dress up or wear anything Brewers, you get two vouchers. I was like, no, I had no idea. As I'm wearing a Brewers Robin Yount, that Robin Yount tops card shirt and a Brewers hat. I'm like, it's like, it's like I, I totally look like I got dressed up to go get an oil change and two $6 vouchers. But I did not. It was just my normal everyday wear because that Robin Young shirt is one of five that fit me. I got that one. I got my Wisconsin Panther one. I might be leveling out of the Bucky one. I had a, a Wisconsin Badger one. I haven't worn in a while. The four golf, four golf apparel. You've seen me wear those. Those fit me. And uh, one of my new Milwaukee pro soccer XLs. Actually, I don't know if it fit me. That picture I took with Austin at Summerfest did not look good. All right. So I'm going to go to the game. And I'll try to, like, hammer out a more concrete, like, thing. I don't want to, like, I don't, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to, I want to be there. But if anyone would like to, like, throw $1,000 at me so I can buy a bunch of tickets and sponsor the outing, that would be absurd. <laughs> and, and, and if you want to sponsor and happen to, like, know how to do accounting with LLCs, <clears throat> Let's kill nine birds with one stone here. Okay. The 1250 Mount Rushmore, it's Steve Sparky Pfeiffer. He basically built that thing from scratch. He had to go through all the adversity. 
they used to go out, they used to go out, do shows and then go pitch. He used to be the salesman and he was there through every iteration. There's no way he's not on. In fact, I chisel him at first. Tim Allen was there from the beginning too. And they had this little post game show in the corner of the world for Tim Allen to be doing a post game show off the flagship for as long as he has and have it be that successful with all the other things he did fill in host at any time, fantasy football stuff. He's absolutely on there. Gary, again, from the beginning, sure longevity, but this we're not talking like my six years to somebody's eight. We're talking 15 years they put in that thing. And then Bill, who was there maybe the same amount of time as I was, he had the statewide network, which did bring a lot more listeners in because he'd say, oh, 1250 this, here's Chuck, here's Bart, here's Tim, here's Steve. And they'd be like, oh, you know, I kind of like that guy. And then they'd find 1250. And for that reach, and I will say, you know, I'll say this about Bill. Bill, probably more than anyone, can be given a rundown with little information. I think you can give Bill Michaels right now. I think you could give him a rundown and say, Bill, at 11, you're talking Brewers. At 12, you're talking Packers. At two, you're talking Bucks, And then talk about something else. And he would say with no, he would give you a great entertaining show. He would be able to do it. See? So yes, earlier I made fun of him and said, I want humans to have sex with motorcycles. But I think that was a pretty nice and true meaning compliment. Here's another voicemail on the Carl's Place voicemail line. This is from Bucky Boyd. Here is Bucky Boyd, 402-915-BART. Bart Winkler, it's uh, Bucky Boyd. Check in here. Um, I wanted to give my thoughts uh, about the NBA Cup based on, you know, your brief conversation with Paul and Grant. Um, you know, it's, it's quite obvious what Silver's trying to do. He's, he's essentially trying to make winter basketball more competitive. But, um, quite frankly, the NBA Cup is a little redundant because you're using the same teams uh, in just a different format. Now, as you may know, um, you know, in England, the FA Cup is essentially a supplemental tournament to the Premier League. Um, and what the FA Cup does is it essentially transcends all leagues within England. So you're giving the Preston North End, the Milton Keynes Dons, an opportunity to compete against the Premier League clubs, and not just Premier League, but all of the tiers of English football. Um, so Adam Silver's, you know, if, if he's really trying to essentially influence basketball in North America with a little bit of European soccer, what he should have done is open the competition up to the G League um, and, you know, give an opportunity to some of these lower-level teams to compete. I mean, how fun, would it to, how fun would it be to see the G League at night compete against the Houston Rockets in, like, the first round of the NBA Cup? Um, I think that would kind of reduce redundancy and create a little more excitement. Uh, and, obviously, it would create some visibility um, amongst the general public to sort of expose the public to maybe some of the players they're not as familiar with because they are in the G League and there are some shining rising stars in the G League. Um, so I think that could make it really interesting uh, rather than just using the same NBA teams uh, to essentially establish this cup. That's, 
Premier League, having the Premier League and then a Premier League Cup, it doesn't make any sense. Um, yeah, I think that could, that could bring excitement to this, this concept. Otherwise, it's really just a redundant tournament. Um, yeah, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. And uh, I really think it, it, it could be interesting. I think that, you know, Silver could have, could have thought a little bit more about how to uh, incorporate some more European components to it to, to give it a little more excitement. And I totally agree with all that. I think uh, what I said, I don't know if I said it on the show, but I explained this um, when I was doing CBS. I don't know if you guys have ever heard that. I do CBS Sports Radio nationally. Um, he's, he's trying to take the structure, beautiful description, Bucky. He's trying to take the structure of something where the structure allows it to happen. There's a structure that allows a cup, a midseason cup, a tournament with lower that, that structure, lower levels playing up. That is allowed to happen because England soccer has that structure. The NBA does not have that structure. He is saying you guys play for this, but you also play for this. That's what the problem is. There's no outside at all. Even if he threw in one G League team, the G League Ignite, which is no affiliation, I believe, with any of the other 30 clubs, it would be a little better. The problem is, and this is why you say, oh, could they do this in, in baseball? Could they do? No, because these teams are all funneled. their farm systems. The Wisconsin herd is the Milwaukee Bucks. Okay. It's, it's, it, I mean, okay. The Wisconsin herd plays the Bucks. That, 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 who cares? It, it doesn't matter. What they need is they don't have this. They just don't have the structure to do it. If you really wanted to come up with a way, you invite the G League teams that have no affiliation. You invite college teams. You invite these teams from the basketball tournament. You invite teams from overseas. You know, so you have these Eurobasket teams play. That's that's how you, like, create something. You know? MLS is going to take a pause for a month because they're doing a tournament with Mexico. And these all the games that you're going to see Messi playing in. They're not MLS regular season games. They're for the League's Cup. I don't know if this is a great idea or not. Um, I don't yet. I'm intrigued by it. So the Mexican League and the United States League are both, all they're doing for the next month is playing each other. There's groups. Now, a team like the Portland Timbers might play the Seattle Sounders, but that's not an MLS game. This is totally separate. And they're taking a month to do this, to generate the connection between the two leagues that is that that, that's much more well thought out because it's not just it's not it's not it's right it's just it's stupid and we're gonna get into it and it's gonna but it is stupid it it should not succeed this is what i'm this should not succeed and there's gonna be something memeable or something that we get into but it should not succeed because he's trying to do something he likes what it looks like in soccer in england and he's trying to do it in basketball but the structure's not there and it should not succeed so I'm with you on that, Bucky boy. What succeeds is when you're feeling a little like, hey, what am I, uh, Papa Gummy? Oh, that succeeds. What succeeds is when you're like, man, I don't know if I'll ever be able to sleep again. What's this? CBD, CBN, put it on my tongue, chew it. Mm, that's pretty good. Oh, man, I'm so anxious. I'm so... Uh, what succeeds is, man, do I have gout? Rub, rub, rub. I guess not. Happy place, hemp. CBD solutions for you. 
Again, the CBN with the CBD go nay-nay. The THC, Delta 8s, Delta 9s, and they have been able to make this product and make what they do at Happy Place Hemp, College Court Muskego, happyplacehemp.com, make it successful that they are able to lower the cost and pass it on to you. That's right. Lower the savings and pass it on to you and still allow you to type BART in the promo code for another 25% off. What they did was they had all their prices from a month and a half ago. They knocked it all off 25%. So they basically universally coded the products. And then if you type in BART, it still gives you another 25% off. Happyplacehemp.com. Let's talk Brewers weekend against the Reds. Coming out. Guys, guys, how about this one? How about this one? Oh, how sweep it is. Brewers sweep the Reds. They have the tiebreaker on the Reds now. On June, July 16th, they have the tiebreaker on the Reds. They only play them one more time. I think that sucks. I I think that sucks. I like that we don't have to see the Reds like 100 times a year. And I like that if you go to a game, you know, sometimes over the course of a summer, you have a day where you can go to a game or you get free tickets or someone invites you to a party or something at a game. And you end up going to eight games and seeing the Pirates seven times. And somehow Sean Markham starting all of them. Oh, I, I always got Chase Anderson games. Chase Anderson pitched pretty well the other day against the Yankees. Chase Anderson either goes six innings scoreless with three hits or he goes two and two-thirds innings and gives up a, a baker's dozen. Guy cannot find a middle ground. Remember when Chase Anderson had that summer where he had a no-hitter through six innings like every start? That was – remember when we were like, is Chase Anderson our ace? <laughs> he was. I had that interview somewhere. I go, Chase, you're like you're like the ace of this team right now. You're, you're like the ace of this team. He's like, oh, I just like pitching well. Down in the Brewers, dugout Bart Winkler with Chase Anderson. It's a uh, huge, and I don't think as fans it's realized, but you don't just go there and throw hard. You need – a couple of different pitches because if you if you got two, okay, maybe that's better using the bullpen. But if you got four that are working, that's frontline stuff. Yeah, <laughs> I like to hear the frontline thing. I mean, obviously in my career, I've been kind of a I would say back of the rotation kind of guy to stabilize the rotation. But you know, if I can continue to progress and get better and continue to be consistent with the starts I've had in this season, and uh, you know, hopefully I can get to be one of those kind of guys. But I'm just obviously thankful to be in the big leagues and trying to get better each and every time out there. And each season is a different season. Chase Anderson, Ace Anderson, <laughs> I'm full of them tonight. Ah, oh, son of a biscuit, fucking fucking a. Ah, oh, we love to swear around here. We do. All right, so the Brewers sweep the Reds. one nothing on Friday. Corbin Burns. How about that? Corbin Burns with a classic Zadarius Smith. Oh, I'm hurt. I'm hurt. Call the cops. But not for me. Six innings, 13 Ks. Corbin Burns, this man. Should he have been an all-star? He's like, fuck yeah, I should have. I just got 13 Ks on this team that everybody's afraid of. Shut them out. Everybody but Tim Shea. If you didn't see it yet on our Dan Shaney YouTube stream, Tim and I did last Friday's parking lot uh, podcast in a parking lot. 
We had a parking lot podcast. Oh, I got to let me uh, talk about country music for a second. So who's got the fast car cover? Luke Bryan. You should not be able to cover a song and make money off of it. Dobie Gray was covered by Uncle Cracker, who did Drift Away, note for note, the same thing. Even sounds like them. Can't tell the difference. Weezer covered Africa by Toto for no fucking reason. That pisses me off. You can't just, hey, that song was good 30 years ago. I'm going to release it and make money. That's bullshit. How is that okay? But then you're like, Ed Sheeran's getting sued because he used the same one note that Marvin Gaye used. There's not like infinite number of notes here, man. A lot of music is three chords. Three chord opera. Neil Diamond. Drink. If you're going to cover a song because people are like, oh, Tracy Chapman. Fast car. You can't cover fast. That's bullshit. And Rascal Flats, Life is a Highway. That's Tom Cochran, motherfucker. I don't mind covering songs. I love watching cover bands. I love when a band covers a song at a concert. It's like, holy man, I didn't think he'd be doing that. That's crazy. But you can't have a hit with a song that's already been a hit. That sucks. I don't know. You can remake movies. I'm thinking like, well, what's the difference between Ocean's Eleven and whatever it was 80 years ago? Maybe that is the same. I just get really offended with music about it. Because there's people learning about Fast Car for the first time. And then they hear Tracy Chapman and they're like, oh, this version sucks. <laughs> it doesn't. It's great. I have to explore that more. I'll explore that more uh, another time. Why did I bring that up? The Brewers, with their dynamic bullpen, Peguero, Peguero, Piamps, and Williams. These three guys. And Williams pitched every day this weekend. And I know there are like two Brewers fans on Twitter being like, oh, can he pitch every day? Shut the fuck up. Should he really be pitching when it's 3 nothing? Go touch grass. The same guys are pitching every day. We're playing the Reds. We got an off day Monday. Relax. Not everything has to be a thing. Freddie Peralta, good outing on Saturday. Brewers win 3 nothing. By the way, Yelich is all the way fucking back. I don't think he was an all-star. I may have been wrong. You had uh, you had this series alone. Yelich is an all-star. Yelich is all the way back. And then, uh, well, Adrian Hauser sucked. But homie, homie Milner, I've heard it both ways. Uh, he got the win on Sunday. Two innings. Devin Williams with another save. Racking him up. 21, 22, and 23. Over the weekend. Great weekend for the Brewers against Cincinnati. Great weekend by that, for sure. Um, I think what's cool about the Brewers weekend is that they really shut down the Reds. The Reds, from the last game before the break to Friday and Saturday, they were the first team in at least 130 years with no runs and less than eight hits in a three-game span. So across those three games, because the Brewers had three shutouts in a row for only like the third time ever, and they had two back-to-back one-nothing wins for the first time ever. And the Reds in those three games only had eight hits. The Reds that were so dynamic and great. Now, that's why I brought up parking lot, was because Tim Shea was doubting the Reds that the Brewers would wrap this thing up by mid-September. 
And I said, I said, uh, hot take Tim, terrible take Tim. Why are you doing this, my brother? And now I don't think after a weekend he's been proven right, but the Reds only have three games to make any of this back. That's the the thing that I think is a is a bummer. It's great that we don't play the Cubs nine thousand times, but what if what if like, like the Brewers the year they chased the Cubs, they chased the Cardinals? Well, you, you get to play the Cardinals, and you get, I, I don't know. I think that I think that that something's missing there. I'm not I'm not sure. Um, Rowdy Telez broke the tip of his ring finger. He was shaking fly balls, part of like a workout thing. McKelvey tweeted about it. Someone said, why was he even doing that? He's a first baseman. Why was he shaking fly balls against the outfield wall? He was doing it for conditioning while getting ready to come off the injured list. Council saw it happen and said it appeared innocuous. Rowdy was not out there screwing around from the words of uh, Adam McKelvey. And the Brewers got a great sweep, man. And they're really, you know, playing well. I think that I don't. It still kind of feels like tightrope like you would like the offense to do better, but the pitching is really coming through. The pitching is really coming through. They've got the Braves uh, next weekend. They're, they're at Philadelphia for three. Then they have the Braves, and they're home against the Reds last time they see the Reds. Then they have the Braves again. So that's going to be a good couple of series there, home and away, home and away against the Braves. They go to Washington. I'm sure we'll talk to Toby. They play the Pirates, the Rockies. Yeah, Brewers, they're in a good spot here, I think. It's up to them. You know, you still want to see some of the offensive pieces clicking. There's still a lot of injuries, but the pitching seeming to level out. The bullpen, when it, when it pitches this well, you think, how long can this last? But, I mean, Devin Williams and these other guys have been great. Not bad for a team that traded their closer. The only thing that could fuck this up now is a GM that trades his closer in first place. Do you guys want Josh Hader back? I mean, I, w- I don't know. I would. I'd take him back. I don't know what I'd give up for him. but He couldn't be the closer then. He'd be the setup man to, to Williams, right? You can't mess with that mojo. Because Josh Hader, although, although the problem is Josh Hader, Josh Hader would have to be the closer. If, if Devin Williams is still here, he's not going to get traded, but if Josh Hader gets traded here, yeah, Josh would have to be the closer. Not for, like, strategy reasons, but the last time that Josh left, Devin Williams cried for, like, two weeks, and so he probably doesn't want to see him leave games. He'll probably cry if he leaves the game and then not be able to pitch well. And we can we can, we can point it back to that. So uh, Devin Williams has to close if the Brewers trade for Josh Hader. And that's a nice little Brewers recap for everybody. Yelich is back. Burns is great. Peralta, good start. Bullpen, amazing. Uh, Hobie Milner, ice in his veins. Adrian Hauser, ah. Monasterio, yeah. Owen Miller, I still don't like looking at him at first base. We need a first baseman. Throws over to first. There's five foot three Owen Miller. With all due. Get Keston's ass back up here. Uh, Keston, you can't play first base. Instead, we're going to have Owen Miller. Well, why him? He's from Wisconsin. Oh, all right. Was he hitting well? Not lately. Okay. 
I understand. Mike Asisa is going to be the next voice you hear. I talked to him. We're going Shohei now. We're going Shohei. I talked to him last week on CBS Sports Radio, and he does not think Shohei Otani is going to get traded. He doesn't think ultimately the Angels want to do it. I think they have to do it. I will relay that interview for you, just about nine minutes of him, and then I'll put together some hypothetical Brewers for Otani trades. Huh? How about that? Didn't see that one coming, even though I talked about it earlier in the show. Mike Asisa. What's been the most interesting about this season, if you just kind of step back and look at it, is you've got some teams that uh, are playing a lot better than maybe they were thought to have uh, in terms of like the Rangers or the Diamondbacks. And then you've got a lot of teams that are playing a lot worse than they were thought to have. And that could force some trades uh, from whether like the Mets trade some people or the Cardinals or uh, Juan Soto could be dealt, Shohei Otani. Do you think overall, and I'll talk to you about Shohei in a second, but do you think overall we'll see like an active deadline or are some of these teams going to talk themselves into thinking, I know we're six games under and I know the what, but, but, but we're the Mets and we're the Padres and, and we got to deliver or some of these teams just going to cut bait. What's your kind of inkling or read on that? You know, just talking to people in the game, everybody kind of seems to think it's going to be a slower than usual trade deadline, but I always feel like, okay, it's, you know, the trade deadline's three weeks away. Everybody's just kind of, you know, kind of everything in baseball kind of moves slowly until you get right up to the deadline. And that's when things happen and teams are really going to kind of, you know, they're going to be there on the deadlines August 1st this year. They're going to be there on July 31st and, sit there and seriously assess themselves and say, are we really in it? And I think we'll see more activity right at the deadline, and I think everybody anticipates. I would be surprised if the Mets or Padres sold. I mean, I know they're not in postseason position. I think they're both like five, six, seven games out of a postseason spot. But they have so much invested in these seasons. There's just no way they're going to just, okay, we're going to cut bait and, and try again next year. I think they'll both try. You know, the good teams, what are, what are the Orioles going to do? Because they're obviously very good. They clearly need some starting pitching. They sh- really should have gotten it in the offseason. They didn't, so they kind of got to do it now. How aggressive are they willing to be, or are they just, you know, we're on our, our, our coming out of our rebuild here. We have our plan. We're not gonna, we're not gonna change anything. I, I'm kind of curious to see what they do. And, and you got the Yankees who are underperforming. They just fired their hitting coach. You know what? There's no way they're not, obviously not going to sell because they're a game out of postseason. But how aggressive are they going to be at the deadline? Are they really going to kind of go all in and? kind of overhaul their offense, which is what needs to happen, or are they just going to make one or two moves and just kind of hope for the best there? I, I really don't know. I think it'll be a more active deadline, though, than, than what seems like the general feeling is right now. That's why I think Shohei Otani, it's it's very interesting what could happen because I have long been a proponent that the he needs to be in the playoffs. You know, he has not made – they've not had a winning season since he came over to play with the Angels. They need to be in the playoffs. This year they were playing well. They were contending. They started to at least add some guys. I don't know if you know what talent Escobar and Mustakas had left, but they started to add some guys, and and they were you know competitive and winning. Then Mike Trout gets hurt. They haven't won a game since, and you've got this very interesting thing where do they think they can pitch him to come back? If so, can they sell him or can they can they sell him on Anaheim? So would you would probably not trade him in that proposal. Then again, you've got these other teams. Because we think Shohei Otani, we're thinking Angels. But then if he signs somewhere, we're thinking one of these West Coast teams like a Seattle or a San Fran or the Dodgers or the Yankees or the Mets. We're thinking massive markets. But if you have one of these teams like the Orioles and you look around and you're like, yeah, I know it wasn't our plan, but our like timeline 
and this guy's available, and we would be getting we're getting two for the price of one. He he, he bats and he hits and he hits or he pitches. I know we'd have to give up some of our prospects, but you know, and even if I'm a team in the AL Central, like if I'm the Indians or the Twins, I'm thinking, geez, I mean, the division sucks, but we're gonna make the playoffs if we win it. So let's get Shohei and see what happens. So I wonder how aggressive one of these teams might be because all it takes is one. If the Angels are even going to be motivated to sell, I think that there's going to be a, like every like shows that don't talk about baseball until the World Series are going to give a lot of time to the Shohei possibility of a trade just because of how many different scenarios, Mike, there could be. Yeah, I mean, Otani's one of those guys who could fit for any team, right? You you just you can pick him up and you could make it work. You know, you, you have to you have to move players around to accommodate him having a DH. You do it. But, but even as a rental, he's going to cost you a lot, even as a rental. Sure, but it's also you're getting an ace pitcher and a middle-of-the-order hitter. And yeah. you think about, you know, once you get into, if you're in a tight division race or once you get to the postseason, he's a balance of power player. He's a guy who could single-handedly change the, out, the outlook of a, of a division race or a postseason series. And, you know, you mentioned the Orioles, and I was thinking the other day about Otani, teams that could use Otani, and the Orioles are such like a perfect fit because they need the pitcher. They could use the other bat. Their farm system is so good, and between the major leagues and AAA, they have more infielders than roster spots. Realistically, there's just no way to fit all these guys on the roster. They're going to have to trade some, and why wouldn't you trade them for Otani, who is the coolest and the best baseball player in the world, who does two things for you at a very high level? You know, the Marlins were another team. I was like, wow, that would be a really good fit based on what they need. I'm not sure the Angels are going to trade them. As bad as they've been the last two weeks, and now they're not going to have Trout for at least another month, probably longer than that. I don't know. I still feel like they're going to hang around the race. And if they're just close enough, if they're within four or five games, I think they'll keep him in. Because once you trade Otani, forget it. He's gone. You, you're not, you have no chance to resign him. If you keep him, you at least got a chance to maybe resign him, get to the postseason, maybe convince him you could win. The other thing is, I mean, he might hit 60 home runs this year. So there's going to be, even if you fall out of the postseason race, he's going to put butts in the seats because he might hit 60 home runs this, year, uh, this season. I don't know. Uh, Artie Moreno, the Angels owner, he, he's never really been the type to kind of throw in the towel and say, we're going to, you know, okay, we're going to sell pieces. And, and even if they want to come back next year, he's never really been that type. And Otani is just like this major draw for them. It would be such like a, a, an organizational failure if they have to trade him at the deadline, even if it's the smart baseball move, just an acknowledgement that we completely screwed up. We had this guy for five and a half years, never got to the postseason. I'm not sure they're willing to do that. I'm not completely sold he'll be traded, but I think if they do seriously entertain him, entertain offers for him, every team that's in the race is going to want him. The Yankees, the Mets, the Dodgers, and the, you know you got the Orioles and teams like that. It, it's the smart baseball move would be to trade him, but I don't know. I feel like having Otani on your roster is is a lot harder to do than to have a good farm system and get some prospects. Well, that's why I think. I mean, I agree that every team would be in on it, and I think it would be great. Like I. Uh, I'm in Milwaukee, so I'm a Brewers guy. We still talk about uh, 2008 when CC Sabathia came here for two months. I mean, the guy, if you talk about, like, favorite Brewers, the guy came here for two months, almost threw a no-hitter, had, like, a 15-2 and two record and an ERA under two, and, and it's, like, the greatest run that we've ever seen. And that's the kind of impact that Shohei can have. And the, the reason that I mentioned, like, give up a lot of prospects for a rental is if I'm the Angels, like, you are trading the best hitter and the best pitcher. You're, tr- you're, you're trading both of those for one guy, and you can still get a major haul. Uh, and that's why I wanted to you know, talk about this with, with someone connected and somebody that knows, because it seems like, like the right thing to do is trade them. 
especially if you're going to lose them. But if the Angels are going to be a team, I don't know. What do you do? What do you do when the right answer is the hard answer? Because then Angels fans will be mad at you, and they're not going to get excited about the prospects. But they haven't won. How do you have Shohei Otani and Mike Trout and not win? So I think this is, uh, Mike, to just kind of circle back on that. This is about the Angels, and I think it's in baseball's best interest if they find a way to get Shohei in the postseason. And and I don't know that, like like you said, Moreno, I don't know he's going to be motivated to do that. Yeah, and you know, I think I think Angels fans, realistically, I think they're looking at it and it's like, look, we understand, we know where this team is. They're not delusional about how good the Angels are. They're a mediocre team. They're basically a 500 team, have been for the last five or six years now. I think Angels fans, as much as it they don't want to see Otani go as much as they would want to watch Otani for the rest of their career, for the rest of his career. I think they would understand that. Look, we have to, if we have to trade this guy, if it's in the best interest of the organization, they would be okay with it. And I think they would be very happy for Otani to go to wherever, if he goes to the Dodgers and plays well in the postseason, I think they would be very happy for him. And I think that that would be the angels fans would be okay with that. I just don't know what Artie Moreno wants to do. He's, he's very middle to moaner. You know, he's gone over his general manager's head, several times, the Albert Buholtz contract, the Josh Hamilton contract, you know, those were things he did on his own and he doesn't always make the most rational decision. And if the angels completely like nosedive these next three weeks before the deadline, which they are fully capable of doing. And they're like 10 games out at the deadline. I mean, they would have no choice, but to trade him. But even then I could see Moreno saying he might hit 63 home runs. I'm going to keep him, And we're going to, you know, see if he could do that in our uniform. Just the cold blooded baseball move is just trade him and get, would really be like an unprecedented kind of prospect package for, for a rental, just, you know, two months of Otani, three months, including the postseason, you're going to get a ton for him. That would be the smart baseball move, but the angels don't always make the smart baseball move. And history says that, you know, when they should do one thing, they wind up doing something else. So I don't know. I'm just not, I'm just not convinced he's going to move. Now there was an article in the athletic about trades that the angels could do for Shohei Otani, even as a rental. And I think if you're a team like the Yankees or the Dodgers and you think you can sign them to a longer-term deal, you can uh, be willing to part with a little more. But in terms of a rental, most of the trades that they proposed were Otani for four prospects in a rental situation. Four prospects in a rental situation or four players, you know, big league level, whatever, a lot of the proposals were Otani for four guys. And when we're looking at the Brewers, the website that they were using was this website called baseballtradevalues.com. And you can do trade simulators. And these aren't fantasy trades. These are, you know, trades. Shohei Otani does come as a starting pitcher, but also a DH. And they assigned a median value. I don't know what this value is, but this is how we're going to This is how we're going to match the Brewers. They assigned 46.6 as a median value in terms of like what he's worth. So basically Shohei's worth 46 whatevers and we have to get the Brewers to a point to match 46. Well, that proves to be actually pretty easy according to this chart. If you factor in like length and, and what salaries are, the Brewers have some guys where you could you could look at like a straight up a straight up trade. Like according to this website, Jackson Churio is our best piece. And he is the the value he's given is 71. 
So Churio for Otani straight up. Now, would the Angels do that? I don't honestly, I don't know that they would. I don't know if uh they would do that. For a half season of Otani, would you trade for Jackson Churio? And I don't think the Brewers would do that. I don't know nor do I think they should. Maybe the Angels do it. I don't know. I think I think the Angels are gonna want multiple guys. But Freddie Peralta, because of his contract and his value, he's listed as a 55. So according to this website, because Otani, again, half a season, and Freddie, many years, you would get more value for trading for Freddie than Shohei Otani. And so that kind of makes sense because of the, like, you're getting two months of a guy or many years of a guy. Uh, William Contreras, 52. And then you have Sal Freelich, who's 38, Corbin Burns, 34, Joey Weimer, 24, Brandon Woodruff, 24. These are our best trade chips. Devin Williams, 23, Aaron Ashby at 22, Willie Adamas at 20, Bryce Terang at 18. And you can go to this website and play with it yourself, baseballtradevalues.com. But if I was going to put together a real package for Shohei Otani, if if I was the, uh, I was going to say Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, but they dropped that of Anaheim thing like nine years ago. It's just nobody is aware of it. If I were to be the Angels and want a package from the Brewers, I would say, all right, you want to use this little quirky, dumb website? Well, Shohei is a 45 as his value, and the website does factor in that he pitches and hits, but we're treating it as two players. This is really how I think the Angels should treat this. We are trading you two players because they are. They're trading you one of the best pitchers in the game, and they're trading you the home run leader. They should be getting the va- they should be getting four guys back minimum. So I, what I would do is I would say, all right, if Shohei and I hope you're following me, if Shohei is a 45, I'm actually going to make him a 90. So you got to match 90. So Jackson Churio is not enough. It's got to be Jackson Churio and Aaron Ashby for Shohei Otani. But what I would do, and the Brewers aren't going to trade Shohei, so I would think, all right, if if Shohei is a 90, and again, maybe I should be doing this where you can actually see this stuff because I'm just throwing out these random-ass numbers to you, which uh, I don't know how it's coming across. I'm taping this in between a break of CBS. <laughs> I suck because uh, I want to go to bed early on Sunday night. USA is not in the Gold Cup. I don't need to watch it. It's Panama and Mexico. But I would think a package of, to get Shohei Otani, Aaron Ashby's 22, uh, Weimer's 25 on this value, Sal Freelich, and then like, uh, God, Owen Miller? No, he can't be. Yeah, he's a, he's a 13. Piamps. Would you trade Piamps? Would you trade Piamps, Ashby, Weimer, and Freelich for Shohei Otani? For a half a season. Piamps is getting you big time innings in the bullpen right now. Ashby is an arm that they like. Uh, and then Freelick and Weimer. Two of your outfielders. That's kind of like what the package would honestly be, I think. You know, maybe they throw in a, a Hunter Renfro back, our, our boy. Or, I don't know. Some some one of those guys. But that's kind of what it would be like. So I would ask in terms of a maybe we can kick this around as a mm-hmm, mm-hmm this week. But would you trade a package of 
even if it's three of these guys, Freelick, Ashby, and Weimer for Shohei for a half season. Free Freelick, Weimer, Ashby, and uh, Terang. Is that too much now? If I throw Terang in, if I throw a reliever in or an Owen Miller or another one of these guys that like Garrett Mitchell's rated an eight. So to get to 90 points, I'd need Garrett Mitchell at eight. I need Terang at 18. That's 26. I throw in Weimer. He's 25. I'm up to 50. And then I need a guy who's around 40. That's Freelick. So Freelick, Freelick, Mitchell, Weimer, and Terang, all your freshmen for Shohei. I don't, I don't think people would do that. The Shohei lift would be bigger than CeCe. Caveat, can't get hurt. But if if the Brewers are going to, and it's just a, it's a, the Brewers are not going to trade for Shohei Otani. But I think there will be one of these teams that at least makes a valiant effort, and that's what they're that's what they're going to have to give up. And so that's why I think the Angels, if if you could be the Angels and get that package back, Shohei's not signing here. We can't win with them. We suck. You don't want to be the team that traded Shohei Otani, right? But also, maybe you need to be. If you're the Angels, I think they need to trade him. He's not staying there. What's the percentage chance that he stays there? Five? I just, from everything I see and read, I I don't think there's any chance he stays there. He's basically telling everybody he wants to win, and the Angels can't win shit. So that's kind of like, here, I'll, I'll concrete this one. Would you trade Shohei? Would you trade for the Brewers? Would you trade for Shohei if you trade it away? Weimer? Ashby, Terang, and Piams. Would you do that? Joey Weimer, Bryce Terang, Aaron Ashby, and Joel Piams for Shohei Otani two months. Would you do that? That's what I'll leave you with. Uh, we can kick that around with Paul and Grant later this week, and I'll kind of go through that scenario with them a little less haphazardly. As for the show, we've got some fun stuff coming up. I'm going to try to track down a... Uh, a name I haven't had on this podcast yet. I'm going to try to track her down. Um, we're going to talk about if the Olympics could be held in Milwaukee ever. Hey, we just hosted Harley Fest. 45,000 people rocking out to Foo Fighters. You tell me we can't have an Olympics here? Uh, Jay Sorge is going to talk about that with us. And, a lot, you know, we just got so many fun things planned for you. That uh, keep coming back. Bar Winkler Show. In honor of the great Steve Sparky Pfeiffer. Because I recorded this piece at the Odyssey Building. And he's on the 1250 Mount Rushmore. To you I say, toodles.